Thanks for listening to Victory's podcast today. Connecting people to a life-changing relationship with Jesus is what we're all about. For more resources or to reach out to us, go to victorychristian.church. My name is Melanie. For those who don't know me, I'm one of the leaders here at Victory, and um, our pastors, Mike and Elizabeth, are on a much-needed vacation, and we are so grateful for them and for all that they do. Um, so we are just going to jump into the Word this morning. I'm really excited to share what God has placed on my heart. So we're going to start with uh, Deuteronomy 31.8. The Lord himself goes before you and will be with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Let's pray. Father God, I just thank you so much for your faithfulness to us. God, I just thank you, Lord, for how you have blessed us so much. God, in 2022, we look with expectation and hope into 2023. God, we just pray for those in our congregation that are, um, that are sick. God, that you would just place your healing hand upon them. Father, I just ask that you um, bring them to full health. And thank you, God, for the Hennigan family. Thank you for all they do to serve and to give. And we just ask that this time of rest for them would just be restorative and be a blessing. God, we just thank you for them. Um, God, I just ask you just anoint the words coming out of my mouth, that they would be your words, God, and that our hearts would be open to hear, to receive what you have to say to us this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, congratulations, everyone. You have made it through the holiday season, the hustle and bustle of the holiday season. I love Christmas. I love everything about Christmas. I love the sights, the smells, the food, the gathering, the presents. I like everything about Christmas except one thing. I don't like the lines. I don't like the lines. The lines are everywhere. The lines are longer at the store. They're longer at the grocery store. They're longer in traffic. They're longer on customer service hold lines. Everything is lines, lines, lines. Wait, wait, wait. And it really, I don't know about you, but it really tanks my holiday spirit. Um, And maybe you guys are more holy than I am, but um, I find myself, you know, in stores being really impatient because the line's long and I'm only thinking about me and where I got to go and what I need to do. And I'm not necessarily you know, being attentive to those around me or or like thinking that they actually have the same things that they need to to do, you know what I mean? Um, And I don't know if anybody else does this. Um, I call it fake math where you're standing in line and you're you're evaluating, you're trying to choose which line to get in and you're evaluating the efficiency of the person scanning at checkout versus how many people are in line versus how many things in their cart. And you're doing this fake math to try to figure out what's the shortest line. And then you inevitably get out of line and you realize you really are apparently bad at math because you're you should have stayed where you were. Right. Uh, it's like it's like the Lord's trying to teach me something because it happens every time. But lines are in our day-to-day lives, and you know, as young as preschool and kindergarten, you know, we learn to, to line up and to follow the leader, and this is how we all safely get to our destination, right? And then as we get older, the lines don't go away, unfortunately, right? You're in line at graduation. You're in line at DMV. Anyone? Can I get an amen on that one? Right? You're in line for a promotion at work. You're next in line to get married. You're still in line at the stores and at the drive throughs like the lines, they, they never really seem to end, And when you're in line, there's a certain behavior, right? There's certain line etiquette that I'm sure you're aware of, right? You're supposed to be patient. You're supposed to mind your personal space, right? It would be nice if you weren't huffy, if you weren't grumpy or out loud complaining. You're not supposed to get out of line. You're not supposed to jump the line, right? There's consideration. There's order. 
So I want to talk about lines this morning. I feel like the Lord's really been speaking to me about lines, about being in line and about being out of line. And I believe that God wants to align, you see what I did there? Align us with what he says this morning, right, about our lives and how we should be walking out these days in his truth, in his love, and in his mercy. And as I thought about the concept of lines, I thought about lines as not just being single file, but more of a line formation. If you think about how um, how a football team lines up or how an army lines up to go into battle or how a marching band lines up. You know, it's, it's not just one person single file deep, but it's a formation. And those lines are fluid and they're dynamic and they're changing and they're changing with purpose, right? I'm super impressed by the marching band, how they can, you know, walk backwards and sideways and turn around and play an instrument at the same time. Yeah, it's, but their line is shifting, and it's shifting with a purpose into a new formation for a new thing, and then it's shifting into a different formation for a different purpose. And so I, as I was thinking about that, these are the things that I want to talk about, you know, that it's not just who's in front of you or who's be- behind you, but it's also about who's beside you and how does each person's position change as the line advances. So I was thinking about that and, like, the intentionality of the placement and the movement of each person in the lineup. So I want to explore these questions this morning as it relates to lines. So the first is, who are you following? Next is, who is following you? Third is, who are you walking with? And lastly, what happens when you get out of line? Because God is the God of order. He's infinitely more organized and intentional than what we could ever imagine. So we're going to take some time this first day of the new year and evaluate where we are, what he's doing around us, and how we can participate with him. So first is, who are you following? Who is your line leader? And I know the Sunday school answer is Jesus, but I really want you to think about it. Who has authority in your life? Who influences your direction? Where do you go when you need advice? You know, you don't have to know where the line is going, but you have to trust the line leader right? And that total surrender requires, is required in that trust. You know, you have to be willing to follow even when it doesn't make sense. You know, and those that, back to that kindergarten line, you know, I've seen even in kindergarten where they, they have the kids all hold the same rope, which I think is genius, right? So they hold the same rope so that they stay together. Um, and obviously Jesus is our rope. He's our teacher. But we need that same childlike faith like those preschoolers, those kindergartners, to follow him. It says in Matthew 18, 2, he called the little child to him and placed the child among them. And he said, truly, I tell you, unless you change and become like little children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. So as I was thinking about that, I was thinking about, okay, well, what does it mean to be a kid, right? If we're supposed to be childlike in the way that we follow God, what does it mean to be a kid, I would say that there's some expectations around being a kid. You are expected to contribute at an age-appropriate level. Hopefully, your five-year-old isn't doing your taxes and your three-year-old's not changing oil in the car, right? That's not age-appropriate. Um, but likewise, children should expect to be... Sorry, I'm losing my mic. Uh, children should expect to be parented intentionally so that they can grow and develop those skills. Hopefully, you're still not tying the shoes of your 18-year-old, right? Like, hopefully, there is a growth and a development that they get some skills and they um, are able to be led. 
um, there's an expectation for parents that you're supposed to lead, you're supposed to guide, you're supposed to protect, you're supposed to instruct, you're supposed to discipline and engage your kids. It's expected that kids are going to ask a lot of questions, right? Parents, anyone? That's how you learn. How, how else are you going to learn, right? You got questions, you got curiosity, it's super normal. Can I just submit to you, God is big enough for your questions, right? That's what deepens the relationship between a parent and a child is they say, Mommy, what about this? And Daddy, how does this work? Like, those questions are important. And I love Pastor Mike was preaching about, um, through Advent, about Mary, and that Mary didn't doubt, but she had some questions. Her questions were pretty valid. It wasn't like, I'm not in, but it's like, okay, I need, I need a little bit more information. And God is okay with that. We would, should expect our, that parents would be reassuring kids in moments of their fear. You know, it's okay to be honest with God about your fears, right? To say, hey, I, this is a little much right now, and, and ask to be comforted and ask for some peace. Um, the last expectation is that there will be times to be serious and then there's going to be times to play and to laugh. Sometimes we don't do that as too much as adults, do we? But that play and responsibility has to be kept in check. There has to be a balance. Sometimes we're so responsible that we forget how to play. We forget the best part of being a kid. You know, if, if a child were to tell their parents to sit down and be quiet, shut up and be quiet, sit down. If you were to hear a child say that, I saw a lot of parents' eyebrows just pop right up. That is out of line. That is not appropriate, right? But that's when the child assumes a parent role in action or attitude. It's out of line. In the same way, sometimes there's a word called being parentified, parentified children. So what that means is when you are forced to be a parent or you were forced to be at a level of maturity or responsibility that was inappropriate for your age level because of the dynamic of your family of origin, that you grew up with, with unnatural, un, uh, that responsibility out of balance for where you should have been at that age. And when we're parentified, you know, when, when that happens, when an abnormal amount of responsibility is, is placed on a child, then it can, it can push us into this this difficulty of being childlike in our faith. And the reason is because we don't feel like we have permission to lay stuff down. Because where, where does the responsibility end? It doesn't. You're always responsible for whatever is going to happen, right? And so it's difficult for some of us, you know, if, if you've been in that situation where you had abnormal responsibility placed on you that, you know, how do you be a kid? How do you, how do you lay it down? How do you trust God completely? Like, no, I'm supposed to, like, hold it all together. I'm supposed to be doing this. I'm supposed to be taking care of the next thing and the next thing. And there's, it's too heavy. It's too heavy. And there's no room for peace. I believe that God wants to restore a childlike wonder to those who have lost it or maybe never even had it. That this is a season that God wants to restore that. He wants us to be in awe of him. You know, as I think about this, I think about Santa, you know, when kids are like, wow, like, he makes all those toys and delivers them all in one night. That's amazing. How does he do it? Like the awe and the wonder around that. And I feel like that's what God wants to reinstate in us. You know, maybe to be a little bit more childlike. Maybe to not try to understand it all. You know what? Understanding it all is so overrated. I don't want to serve a God I totally get. Can I just be honest? Like, where's the mystery in that? 
Like if I can figure them out and I can predict and I can, then, then where's the awe, where's the mystery, where's the wonder in his holiness and his power? You know, in the natural, there's, there's an appropriate time for a child to grow up and to move out and to do their own thing, right? Because their parents empowered them to go and to be independent. But in the kingdom, we never move out of the house of God, right? Did you ever grow up in a house and you heard, well, as long as you live in my house, you're going to follow my rules, right? We never move out of the house of God. We're always going to be under his authority. We're always going to be under his covering. We're always going to be his kid. And we can choose to leave and do our own thing, or we can choose to be under the covering and, and be protected and to still have that childlike faith. There, not to say that there's not an ongoing maturity, but again, we're talking about that play, that responsibility and balance. But just like a good parent, he doesn't let us grow up unsupervised or undisciplined. And he also doesn't put us through grow, growing seasons that we're not ready for. But sometimes we get impatient and we are waiting for the next season that's that promise to be fulfilled, that answer to come. I like what it says in Galatians 5.25. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. It's keeping in step, keeping in step, because he knows. As I was thinking about this, um, something I felt like God said was frustration. The whole, the whole root of frustration is trying to affect a line you're not leading. If you're frustrated, maybe you're trying to affect a line you're not supposed to be leading. Isaiah 26.3 says, you keep, you keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. So what's the focus of your heart? And is it bringing the peace that God intends for you? You know, we can't talk about um, line leading and, and who you're following and all that kind of stuff without talking about, you know, Jesus is our ultimate line leader. You know, God knew that we were terrible line leaders of ourselves. We, we aren't really made for, to do that. And so from the beginning, there was a plan, and that plan was Jesus was to come and to take away all of the messes that we create, to redeem them and to redeem us so that we can go to heaven, so that we can have eternal life. And if that's not a decision that you've ever made, it would be no greater joy of mine than to share that with you. And if you're online, to go to victorychristian.church and click on the next steps or email us at friends at victorychristian.church. What greater day than the first day of a new year to change your life, right? He, he is the perfect line leader, for sure. But just not only following Jesus, but, but God puts mentors and shepherds in our life who have lived the lessons that we're learning. He puts them there for a purpose, to be able to guide and to direct us. And we need to not despise that correction, but to be humble learners. Stubborn students have much longer and harder lessons, or perhaps the Goochland version, if you're going to be dumb, you need to be tough, right? Anybody heard that one before? So, not only is it about who we're following, but it's who's following you. Because your steps have influence. And as we mature, God puts us in positions of influence. And it's not about you wanting the role. It's not because it's fun. It's not because it's what you wanted. But it's because it's all about your obedience to the line leader. And as we mature and we go deeper and higher with God, it might be less likely that we'll fail in certain areas, but I would submit to you that the farther we go in maturity, the harder that fall is, the greater the impact. 
right? So it'd be like falling in water from a couple of feet versus 50 feet. The impact on the body is significantly different, right? One of my favorite jobs in college was a ropes course facilitator, and I loved just being able to see the group dynamics play out, and um, just it was a lot of fun. And one of, the, one of the things that we would do on the low rope side that was actually one of the more dangerous things, even though it was only a couple feet off the ground, was this course, and it was like a zigzag of a, a, a wire um, that would go from a tree to a tree to a tree to a tree. And it was, like I said, very shallow off the ground. But the, what the group had to do is they had to choose their line leader, they had to organize themselves, and the goal was to get from this tree to that tree, and nobody could step off the line. Nobody could get out of line. And once you were on the line, you could not let go of the person in front and behind you. And you had to go across. And it brought out very quickly that you were not here on your own, that what you do matters. So if one person started to lose their balance, it rippled down the line. You know? But what was cool is if people would say, I, I'm losing it, then the people around them could adjust and keep them in line. It was really a very beautiful dynamic of how we should walk through life as the body of Christ. Because our lines are fluid, and they're dynamic, and they are moving. And we have to be attentive to where the line is moving. You have to be focused on the immediate area, the right here and right now. If we're distracted by other lines, if we're distracted by things in the distance or things in the past, anyone? We're going to trip and fall, and we're probably going to take other people down with us. When, because when we were leading, we don't fall by ourselves, right? We're all leading. Whether if you're a parent, you're leading kids, Right? Whether you're, if you're a boss or in a position of influence at your work, you're leading coworkers. You know, I would submit older women, the younger women in the church are looking to you. Older men, the younger men in the church are looking to you. Young moms, the teenagers are looking to you. Like everybody is looking to someone, right? And whether you want that role or not, there has to be an honor and a responsibility to that. Because you can lead others off course if you get out of line. On the flip side, let me also say that this. You can be following God and doing exactly what you are supposed to be doing, and other people will see you as out of line because you're not doing what they want or what they expect. So how do you know? How do you know? you got to look to your line leader, right? I was th- the power of prayer to bring discernment. I was thinking about this. Anybody ever take a test and they didn't know the answers, so they just went C, 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 right? So I would submit to you, Ever, the answer is C. C, check with your line leader, right? If you don't know, the answer is C. Check with your line leader, right? Prayer opens our spiritual eyes to see our situation and position from God's point of view. As a church, we're going to have a very heavy focus on prayer in 2023 for this very reason. We want to be super in tune with our line leader. We want to make sure that we are exactly on point in the mission that God has given us. But I also want to take a second and speak to the loneliness of leadership. Sometimes we're called to forge a path for those we are leading because we are, we're ready to learn those lessons before they are. We can't teach what we haven't learned. And there can be a loneliness sometimes because you're, you feel like you're out there by yourself. But God promises that we are never alone, right? The first verse we started with in Deuteronomy, that he is there with us. But, and it can be frustrating because you can't control the, the gaps or the willingness of the people following you to learn or to catch up. It's their journey. That's not your journey. You're not responsible for their decisions, but you're responsible to lead in an appropriate way, to lead in a way that's inviting and not demanding, to extend consistent expectation but consistent 
grace. You know, it's the kindness of the Lord that leads us to repentance, not, not the browbeating, right? And you might be the only light bearer where you work, you know, in your job place. And we have to bear those lights in our family, in our workplace, and in the places we go with responsibility, with an awareness that it's not, it's not just about us. You know, and you have to be, as a leader, you have to be careful with whom you share because you may be the only one that has the grace for the lesson you're learning right now. And if you put that weight on somebody else, it could cause some harm. So there's such a discernment and a wisdom in the way that we lead. And that, it's not fun sometimes. It, sometimes it can be very rewarding, but it's not fun. And sometimes we, we get into positions where we didn't ask for this. You know, I didn't ask to be, you know, a, a parent of a child with special needs. I didn't ask to be a business owner. I didn't ask to be a lot of things. But here I am. And what the Lord is doing in me is just about what he's doing in me as it is the people behind me. And so there has to be this willingness to be humble and surrender to the now lesson. Does that make sense? But as you're out there and you may feel that loneliness of leadership, I would submit to you you're not walking alone. So let's talk about who you're walking with. Because God has intentionally surrounded each of us with people to walk with and do life with. These are friends, not followers. These aren't people you're leading. These aren't people that are following you. But these are people who are here to help you keep in step with the cadence that you're called to walk in. These are the people who help guard you. I think about like a military formation and how, and you could speak to it well, way better than I could, but a military formation where there's an intentionality of who you're, who you are, who's around you right, and the way that everyone is equipped and the way that they're armed and everybody's got everybody's back. It's about moving forward, but it's about protecting the line at the same time, and that line is important. We're advancing together, but we're protecting each other. I had a friend that was struggling, and, and as she was sharing the, the struggle and we were praying for her, I had this image of her walking through this dark forest, but we were walking with her. We all had our swords out. But we were walking with her, and it was like we knew the enemy was lurking in the dark wood, but we were going to go through that valley together. She wasn't falling behind. It wasn't because she was doing anything wrong, but she was surrounded by others who would wield their sword on her behalf until she was able to fight as she was intended to fight. You know, she probably could have fought the enemy by herself, but the enemy would have probably got a few good licks in first, right? But if the enemy knew who surrounded her because we held our ground, because we reminded the enemy of who he was, because we reminded her of who she was, the outcome is totally different. We need each other. There's an accountability with who you're walking with, not like a corrective, but a sustaining Right? We need people that are going to speak the truth over us, who are going to fight for us in prayer, who are going to remind you of the things that God spoke over you, who are going to remind you of that prophetic word that you forgot about five years ago, who are going to remind you what the scripture says, who are going to remind you of stuff not to belittle you or to shame you, but to keep pushing the line forward. It's that no man left behind. You will advance. We will advance with you. I'm not going to let you back up. We need those people in our life. It's going to be a shameless plug for life groups very shameless. 
Because this is where life happens. This is where life happens. And it's not just about going to a life group to check off the fact that you went to a life group so Mike and Melanie get off your back. It is because you need to show up and you need to show up authentically. You need to show up and say, this is what's really going on because this is your line. These are the people who are walking with you. And if you don't say, I'm in a dark wood, then how are we supposed to fight with you, right? We don't want... We don't want you to take licks from the enemy. We want to fight with you. We want to fight with you. The enemy's oldest tactic is isolation. Don't get out of line. You need those who God has called you to walk with, and they need you, right? So who, who is that that you're walking with? Who can you call, and it actually changes something? Who's at what we call the table of your life? Like if you were to have a table, like a conference room table, and you're going to have a meeting about your life, who's sitting around the table? And maybe, honestly, there's people that need to be excused. And maybe there's people that need to be invited. And you need to really let the Holy Spirit speak because it matters. It matters who's sitting at the table of your life. Who's reminding you that the enemy is under your feet? Who's reminding you of the promises of God over your, over your life? These are your, this is your tribe. This is who you're walking with. So what happens when you get out of line? How do you even know when you're out of line? When the physical body is out of alignment, there's pain and dysfunction. Every chiropractor will tell you that. It's true. When your car is out of alignment, it's difficult to keep it on the path, and the body of the car gets abnormally worn. When we are out of alignment, it produces harm in the body of Christ. The word talks about we are one body. We are one body. And that each body part has its own role and function, but we work together as a single body, right? There are leadership roles in the body, like the brain and the whatever and the whatever, like, but every part has to do its body. If the bladder says, you know what, I want to be the lungs today, it's not going to work out. Everybody has to, every part needs to serve its part. So how do you know if you're out of line? Here's a few things I felt like God said. One, you're using your God-given gifts for your benefit. You're using your God-given gifts for your benefit. What does that look like? It could mean a temptation when you're struggling to meet your needs in illegitimate ways. So I think of Jesus. He's in in the desert for 40 days, and Satan, he's not eating anything. And Satan comes, and he's like, hey, you know, you could use that power to turn that bread into stone, stone into bread. I don't know about you, but if I hadn't eaten in 40 days, a fresh baked bread, some sounds, some really good right? His need, his hunger was legitimate, but that would have been an inappropriate use of his power at that time, right? Sometimes we have gifts, and we have to be careful that we're not using the gifts intended for God's glory for our own validation or our own satisfaction, and that can be a really fine line sometimes. You're out of line if you aren't being intentional to mind the roles and responsibilities of your place in line. Your body, the body, the body of Christ, we, we need your part. We need what you bring to the table, Because when we work together, we see our need for God more clearly and for each other. And our unity binds the divisive intent of the enemy. You know, I think about when we work together, what um, there's a scripture that talks about how beautiful 
you know, the, the um, unity of the body and it's like oil and this and that, but I can't think of the scripture exactly right now, but I think about that and I think about how in my own life, you know, when I'm seeing my kids being intentional to love one another and intentional to take care of one another and they're getting along and they're happy, in those super rare moments, it's beautiful. It's beautiful as a parent to see that happening. And when the body gets out of line and when we don't want to do our part and when we want to defect and, and rear up in our own entitlements, you know, it can, it can impact generations. I'm sure everybody in this room has a story of someone either in your family or that you work with or in your community or whatever who is like, you know what, I had such and such experience with such and such person or such and such church, and I'm not interested anymore. And that's a whole generational line lost. I mean, it matters. It matters how we show up. The other way is when you try, you're out of line when you try to usurp control of situations and seasons through your attitude and behavior. When you're that frustration, you're trying to lead that line, affect that line you're not leading. You're trying to move things along, right? It's taken too long. Let's go, let's go, let's go, right? We're not being sensitive to the timing and the wisdom of God. There's a holy specificity to the timing of God. You know, think of Katie Lukowitz, who I'm so glad to have back, and how long it took to get into vet school. But I'm sure there's testimony after testimony of this timing and how I've, this person was ready to give up, and then I came, and then this happened, and then this happened, and the specificity of the timing. You know, we have to recognize sometimes that the delays aren't about us. They have nothing to do with us. I love what um, Mike talked about the other week with Zechariah and Elizabeth and the birth of John. You know, you had that day and time pastor's kids, you know, that they were both children of priests. They grew up in the church. They grew up doing the things. They grew up following the law. They were faithful as a couple, but there was a shame on them culturally because they had no kids, and they weren't doing anything wrong. You know, and they're like, why the delay? Why the delay? Why the delay? Why, Lord? Why, why, why? you know, thinking, I didn't do anything wrong. And the answer is, you're right. You're not doing anything wrong. It wasn't anything to do with them. It was the timing that, of John's birth that was important. The next way that sometimes we can be out of line is when we're trespassing. Have you ever, you know, the no trespassing signs means you're not, you know, you're not welcome there. The Bible talks about trespasses as sin, and so I want to play on the words here a little bit. So if the Bible says that, you know, our sins are our trespasses, trespassing is going where you don't have permission. Our sin is when we try to take our line where we don't have permission. We're trying to jump the line, right? In those seasons, we are out of line. And lastly is a misdirected need to worship. Um, Mike had a sermon um, November 20th. I put it on here in case you want to go listen to the podcast because it was good. Um, where he talked about how we, were cre- we are created to worship. And we are, we're created with a need to look to something or someone. It's just, it is in us. It is how we are made. We are designed to look to someone or something as our line leader with this innate need to worship. We're, we're sinning, we're trespassing, we're out of line when we're looking to anything or anyone but God for that protection, for that direction, for that identity, you know, back to that childlike faith and who's your line leader and um, being in the house of God and understanding that he is your father forever and we are his kids forever, right? I want to challenge you sometime uh, to spend some time in prayer this week and ask God to show you who you are leading, who is following you, and 
um, and who you are called to work with, walk with. Maybe this is a season of growth and challenge you would really like to outgrow. I would encourage you just to submit to the lesson and be a diligent student. Pray for grace and patience to endure the season for the required work of it to be completed in you. Maybe you've lost hope of some alignment in some areas of your life and relationships, exactly what Brenda was saying at the end of worship. Maybe you've lost hope of reconciliation or a dream to do something that you feel like God has put in your heart to do. I was thinking about um, Ezekiel 37. I'm not going to read it all this morning, but I encourage you to go back and read Ezekiel 37, 1 through 14, where God takes Ezekiel to this field of dry bones. And, and he's like, what do you see? And he's like, it's bones. Like, this is like a graveyard. And he says, speak to the bones. And so Ezekiel speaks and he prophesies to the bones and the bones come together. They come back into alignment and tendons form and muscles form and flesh forms until it's um, full bodies. And he says, breathe life into these bodies. And so life comes into these bodies and it's this whole army from dry, disjointed bones. That, that's hopelessness to a full life, breathing, vital army. That's what God does. That's what he does. God can realign anything. There's nothing too dead, nothing too long ago, nothing too anything that he can't do. He's doing the same thing in us. He's speaking that alignment. He's speaking that breath to his body, to the bride of Christ. That's us. So what's your next step? Pray. We're going to be doing a lot of it in 2023. I highly recommend it. It's very encouraged in the Bible. Um, so prayer, we're going to also be going into a season, season soon of fasting where it's just a deeper level of, of prayer where we're, we're negating ourselves some pleasures because we really want to hear from God. Accountability, life groups, and be honest with those who you are walking with. So again, who these are the things I just want you to really sit with. You're really going to need to sit your whole self down, as my friend says. Sit your whole self down. Not just sit in the seat and be squirrely, but sit sit and just let whatever comes up come up and and have that honest conversation with God who are you following who is following you who are you walking with and what is the purpose of your location in line what's the lesson that you're learning stay in line long enough to learn it you know it'd be like being in surgery to get a tumor removed and be like you know what that's enough that hurts and getting off the table and walking away before the surgeon is done you gotta stay you got to stay. There's an anesthesia to his presence if we will just stay. What is it in your life that needs to line up or come to into alignment with the purposes of God? Just say surrender to the process. What emotions or beliefs that generate patterns of behavior need to come into alignment with what God says about us as individuals, as children of God in the body of Christ? Maybe it's time to let that parentification go and just be a kid. God, teach me how to play. Teach me how to be in awe. Restore my wonder. Remember you are God's kid and you have permission to be in awe. You have permission to play. You have permission to ask questions. You have permission to say what you need. You do not have to figure it out by yourself. I want to close again with Deuteronomy 31.8. The Lord himself goes before you and will be with you. He will never leave you or, nor forsake you. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Let's pray. Father God, I just thank you for your word, and I thank you, Lord, that you bring things back into alignment. You can 
bring back anything to life that seemed to have been dead or hopeless. God, I just pray that you would just speak clearly in your spirit to our spirit. God, that you would show us who it is that we're following, who's following us, who are we called to walk with. God, that you would you would show us if we're out of line in any way. God, that we would humbly repent, that we would be correctable. Father, I thank you for all that you do in us, through us. God, we are so thankful and eager for 2023. And God, I just pray your best blessings over this family. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks again for listening. If you'd like to connect with us, or if you'd like to know how you can give, go to victorychristian.church.